If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Damien Wilde is the CEO of Marriage Alliance. Damien is joining us. Hello, Damien. Welcome along to 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Damien, how's things looking from your perspective? Uh, you're one of the marriage institutions, uh, organisations that's defending the traditional view of marriage, the traditional definition. Uh, how are things progressing so far as, uh, as, as the campaigns get underway? Well, I've got to say, Neil, uh, it's you know it's been a very interesting campaign thus far. You know, just over a week ago, um, we were faced with uh, uncertainty in the parliament, and now here we are, a week and a half later, uh, gearing up for a postal plebiscite. The, the particular nature of which we've never seen before, nor may never see again. I've got to say, I'm I'm you know cautiously optimistic with the way that uh, so many different groups, uh, be they Christian groups, other faiths, and even other groups beyond that, uh, have come together to to put this campaign together. Um, the conversation we need to have with the Australian community, um, you know, we're trying to do that in a in a limited space of time. The next few weeks, up until ballot papers come out, and then you know, for some period after that, uh, reaching 15 odd million voters um, in a voluntary postal um, vote is a challenge. But um, I'm confident that uh, things are moving really well. How are you anticipating this campaign is going to unfold? Uh, the history might show that uh, people who have a Christian ethic to the way that they talk about defending marriage uh, will tend to fight fair. Uh, there's another side that is pushing for same-sex marriage that tends not to fight fair, and that's already being seen, as I understand it, with uh, ad agencies trying to block uh, the no campaign. What are your thoughts on on blockages to the no campaign and the idea of fighting fair? Well, it's ironic, uh, Neil, that you know these people would seek to uh, say no to no, as they call it, uh, you know, to exercise their their free will, their choice not to accept our business. Um, it, it's ironic that um, you know those advocating the yes campaign are quite often those most vocally opposed to florists, photographers, bakers and the like being able to exercise the same rights in their, their choice of dealings. Um, you know, that's that's their prerogative um, and good luck to them. Um, we, we've seen a lot of negativity in the campaign already, uh, you know, whether it be something a bit more sort of um, um, in the public space like that one, right down to silly things like, you know, ACL having its uh, building egged yesterday. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of this throughout the campaign, but the, the task for us is really just to stay on message and keep a, a you know, positive communication with the public. Let's talk about this new entity uh, that will guide the no case, and uh, your marriage alliance is just one of many organisations that have come together to be a part of what's called the Coalition for Marriage. Uh, what is this Coalition for Marriage all about? 
Well, as I mentioned before, Neil, it, it's unprecedented, and I'm really enthused by that. Um, the, the four organisations which uh, brought the Coalition for Marriage into being are Marriage Alliance, the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, the Sydney Catholics and the Sydney Anglicans, and they're supported by uh, some 70 or 80 organisations now which span the range of you know, different Christian denominations, other faiths, uh, and even you know, a number of secular groups who uh, really understand what's at stake in this debate. So to actually have all of those people in the same tent is something rather unique and I think um, reflects the, the truly grassroots nature of this campaign. You know, we may not have all the segments of the media or you know, the chattering classes with us, but I, I think we do speak for a, a huge um, you know, swathe of the Australian community. In fact, Damien, you would call them the silent majority. People talk about this silent majority and sometimes being the Christian broadcaster, we'll assume that people listening to our conversation uh, will come from a Christian foundation, a Christian ethic in the way that they think about marriage. But there's a big section in the Australian community that might not necessarily identify with being Christian uh, who will say, we don't want the marriage definition to change. There truly is an mm, undercurrent mm. in this silent majority. Well, I think, Neil, they're the people that are really starting to wake up to the fact that, um, you know, to paraphrase, um, you know, the so-called marriage equality uh, line, just love is love. Marriage is much more than love, and changing marriage has far-reaching impacts and consequences that a lot of people are only just starting to, to really understand. Um, you know, it's not just changing a piece of legislation, a few words here and there. It actually has profound impacts on what our children learn in school, on the furtherance of uh, you know, gender ideology, impacts on our freedom of speech, and particularly for your listeners, I guess, impacts on our freedom of religion as well. So this is a conversation we need to have, not only with, of course, you know, the church-going community, but as you're saying, uh, the broader Australian community. Well, there are so many dimensions to talk about, Damien. Let me just pick mm. up on one that you mentioned, the idea of freedom of religion and the thought that I perceive that some people have that that's just got to do with, you know, who can refuse to marry someone who might be of a, a same-sex alignment. But the idea of the freedom of religion that is, a, that is at risk here means that every Christian in the pew, in every church, who has a business or who has a job, they are the ones who are at risk here. So religious freedom mm. means mm. more than just looking at the pastor or the priest. Religious freedom here is everyone who sits in church, isn't it? Precisely, precisely. Um, that's why we, we see this misused term freedom of worship sometimes, which seems to restrict religion to what you do on a Sunday morning at church. Um, freedom of religion is so much broader and even beyond the confines of the church, it's not only uh, what you believe, but how you can actually give expression to your beliefs, which ties in directly to what you're saying about you know, people with businesses, daily decisions and choices to make, to be free to associate or not associate with something. Um, these things are truly at risk. And the legislation that we've seen put forward thus far, whether it be the government's draft bill for the, the full plebiscite, which was knocked on the heads quite some months ago, or Senator Dean Smith's recent bill, Neither of these draft bits of legislation had any protections at all for you know, rank-and-file believers who just want to be free to go about their own lives and express their beliefs. Uh, there, there are no protections at all, and that's quite disturbing. The no protections idea, and I did note a conversation just recently where the idea that there's only one question being asked on the plebiscite question, 
and that's whether you mm. think that the marriage definition should change. But all of these other mm. factors, they go hand in hand. The idea of what our children will be taught at school, and as you're talking about those freedom of religion uh, ideas, uh, this is a, a whole package. And those who are on the yes side of the campaign are trying to shut down the other uh, the things that will actually affect uh, ordinary people every day and the whole culture is likely to change, but but they want to actually keep it on to some sort of very simplistic level. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's largely driven by emotion. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with emotion. There's nothing wrong with love. But, but we need to realise, as you've said, this is very much a package deal. It is so much more than that. And really, it's not not unfair to say in the slightest that this is a referendum on our freedoms, on safe schools, the whole package deal. That's what people are being asked to vote on. Talking about being uh, at the shallow end uh, and the way that these sorts of campaigns tend to unfold, and uh, like an election campaign too, uh, there'll be people who'll be trotting out the latest celebrity endorsement. Now, we know that Ian Thorpe has been identified as an ambassador for the Yes campaign and uh, latest one overnight, uh, actress Margot Robbie. This sort of thing, when celebrities are putting their endorsement on that side, does have some impact on the way people think. What are your thoughts about celebrity endorsements? Oh, look, there's a point to that. But, um, you know, regardless of what people think of the outcome of the US election, I would go to go to make the case that um, you know the Democratic campaign there had an incredible number of celebrity endorsements. I mean, they had pretty much the whole of Hollywood at their disposal. I think what we saw there, what we've seen perhaps in in the Brexit vote and indeed beyond, is people getting sick and tired of being told what to think and how to vote. Um, and I, I think we'll see that reflected in um, in the vote come come November when the, the results are announced. That uh, this idea of an elite. Um, be it in the media, uh, celebrities, even members of parliament, telling us, you know, all good people are going to vote. Yes, this is this is uh, you know this is the way to go. I think people are tiring of that. There's an element of, you know, um, just being sick and tired of an elite sort of attitude uh, being being uh, imposed upon people. I, I really do believe that. Damien, let me ask you about your thoughts on the technical idea of whether this actually is a postal plebiscite or whether it is now an ABS survey. Uh, people hmm. tend to be wanting to uh, get very technical with what it actually is. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is this still a postal plebiscite or is this just a survey from the ABS and does it feel like it has less importance if we don't call it a plebiscite? Um. This is my personal opinion that, um, you know, we are being asked to vote. And as I've said, we could go so far as to say it's almost a referendum, despite the fact, uh, as you've indicated, by being run by the ABS, it's not uh, it's not a compulsory vote, nor is it a binding vote. It doesn't bind our parliamentarians. So, you know, that's why our preferred option always was a full, proper plebiscite of the Australian people. But having said that, this is what we've been offered. Uh, and we've always indicated that were that the case, you know, we would campaign accordingly. Um, I think if we if we do refer to it as a survey or anything else, perhaps we run the risk of um, downplaying its importance in people's minds. Um, we we need to stress the importance of voting because there's an extra element to this campaign that we don't normally see, namely that aside from people wanting to campaign uh, for you know the no or the yes vote or in other elections, you know for this party that party, there's the whole get out the vote element of this campaign, which is largely foreign to Australia. Um, you know, the American and, and British experiences are quite different. 
huge emphasis is actually placed on mobilising people, getting them to vote, that will be a crucial part of this campaign because it's not enough to believe uh, that you you respect the institution of marriage as it currently stands, that you don't want safe schools mandated across the country, that you do want your religious uh, and free speech protections maintained. It's not enough just to believe that. We actually have to get out there and vote accordingly. Uh, let's come back as we tie up our conversation today to the Coalition for Marriage. This is the new entity. There's a new website. Uh, you're encouraging people to use that as a portal, I imagine, for keeping up to date with the way the No campaign is developing. And the, there are, as you say, as many as 70-plus groups, organisations, who've been campaigning on their own at this time uh, individually, but now coming together for a major coalition for marriage. When people go to the website, what are they likely to see when they do that, Damien? Well, there's a number of things we'd like people to do when they go to the website and and they'll see them. Um, One is we're very keen for people to sign up for updates and to get involved. Um, There's the extra option to volunteer and we definitely need every volunteer we can get our hands on. You'd be most welcome and part of a great team. The other thing that we, of course, definitely do need is uh, is financial support and uh, the, the option is there to make a donation to the campaign and I can assure people that will be very well spent. Um, and more immediately, the big thing is, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Neil, we've only got until the 24th of uh, this month to update um, or enter a new enrolment for people. So if people aren't sure about their enrolments um, or they're a new citizen, um, you know, either come of age or moved from abroad... Um, there is information on our website um, which can help you go through the Electoral Commission process. So those are, the, are just some of the things on the website. And it goes without saying that by, by signing up, you'll be kept abreast of the campaign uh, and opportunities to get involved as, as it goes on. Damien, let me just dwell for a moment on the sometimes uncomfortable topic of dollars and the money required to drive this campaign. Mm. There isn't mm. federal government funding that's funding a yes and a no vote. Uh, so the no vote is going to need to rely on the sorts of uh, gifts, donations that will be made by people who want to defend the definition of marriage. It's going to cost a lot of money. How much do you think you will need to conduct the campaign in the way that will be effective? Um, without wanting to, to go into too much detail, Neil, I can say I think quite quite easily uh, in the millions, uh, you've got to realise that uh, 15 million voters out there that we need to try and reach in the next few weeks, um, that that doesn't come cheap, that doesn't come easy. Um, you're very much right that you know we rely heavily on grassroots donations um, and from you know, many of our partner organisations. We just don't have the sort of resources that our opponents will have. Uh, they have the benefit not only of their own fundraising um, pools, but also of you know the various, I would say, captive uh, corporate interests who have all signed up to the quote-unquote marriage equality campaign over the last few years. There will be considerable um, you know, support for that campaign, both financially and in kind. Um, for example of this, we need look no further than Ireland, where their referendum a couple of years ago, you know, tens of millions of dollars was pulled in from, from offshore uh, through corporate interests. So... That's basically what we're up against. But I don't want to uh, cause any of your listeners to despair. I'm I'm quietly confident, as I said, um, that no matter what resources they bring, um, 
we we will be there. We will be in the field. We'll be well resourced. And I think um, you know, speaking to the very heart of the Australian community about our, our basic freedoms. When it comes to the money, we don't want to despair, but we don't want to either be ignorant or in the dark mm. about what the mm. what this campaign will cost. When I was talking mm. to the Australian Christian Lobby the other day, they were suggesting somewhere in the vicinity of $20 million. You mentioned millions, and sometimes when we talk uh, that word millions, uh, that can be scary. But as you say, to reach 15 million Australians, uh, mm. Mm. One, well, $1 per Australian would be $15 million. It's time to actually dig deep a little, isn't it, to, uh, to actually make a donation uh, in, in a time when you might not normally make a donation uh, to an organisation that will be uh, spearheading this campaign. Look, I'll point people to the website. The website is called coalitionformarriage.com.au and as I say, this is a new website. It was established just on the weekend and while there have been a lot of separate entities who've been carrying on the battle up until now, uh, talking through the issues of the no campaign, saying no to same-sex marriage, well, coalitionformarriage.com.au is the website of the new coalition, which has uh, more than 70 organisations that will be supporting it. And uh, Damien Wilde is the CEO of Marriage Alliance, one of the organisations that is a part of the Coalition for Marriage. Damien, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.